Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary Podcast. This is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary fall things are the crunch of leaves under my feet, the smell of fires, and the return of my favorite TV shows. Lisa Jo, I love pumpkins on the front porch, candles on the dinner table, And a new mystery novel from the library. Oh, those are good. (laughs) Are you ready for today's conversation? Because get comfy. Here we go. Wait a second, Lisa Joe. Who's starting this conversation? (laughs) Did we say you would start or me? You're starting because last (laughs) week it was me talking about my favorite fall thing. So you haven't listened to this conversation. Now that I'm talking, go back. (laughs) And listen to last week's conversation about television and movies. That's right. So last week we talked about your one of your favorite and now ordinary things. <laughs> but you know, one of my favorite ordinary things, at least it's pretty ordinary in my life, we do it so regularly, is hospitality. Yeah. Like having people over, parties, gatherings, dinners, casual, fancy, all of it. That's my thing, isn't it? Yes. And yet that is why you shocked me so much. <laughs> Did I? Recently, when I was here, post-party, we'd had this amazing event. It's always amazing. And you and Jonathan always make it seem effortless. I don't know how you do that, but you do. And um, so, like, the, the night was winding down. I was the last one here, of course. Our children were like wild, feral beasts running in the dark <laughs> of the garden. <laughs> we just let them. We're winding down. I remember it vividly. We're walking around the outside of the house. It's so beautiful, admiring all the things in the dusk. I was commenting on how wonderful it was the evening. And then you literally turned to me and said, oh, was it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I was dreading it so much. I just hate doing this. And I was like, what? I, my mouth dropped open and I looked at you in shock. Like, what are the words that just came out Did of I your really mouth? say the H word? I think you did. I might have. I mean, admittedly, yeah. you're really tired and it was really late. <laughs> But I think it tapped into something quite deep. And I literally said back to you, oh, we're doing an episode about that right there. (laughs) What is that all about? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. So on the one hand, I love being a hostess. I love planning a gathering, planning a menu. Too light of a word. I think I always think of you as a placemaker. Yeah. Because you're not just hosting like... Hosting sounds too Martha Stewart for me, and mm-hmm. I know you love her, but I feel like you take it next level, and you are making a place that is made for people. Yes. I mean, everything about this place is designed mm-hmm. to have people. That's why mm-hmm. when you said that, I was so shocked. I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Eight years of building a place to yeah. invite people. It's true. That is my love, placemaking. I I wrote a whole book about it, for goodness sake. Okay, so let me tell let me tell the story then. Let's of this, back up. Of people this are just like reeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you the story because it's yeah, it's the story of one particular gathering. But honestly, t- t- you know, to greater or lesser degree, it's the story of every gathering right. I host, every single one. Um, I think of it as it's like the shadow side of you know, <laughs> the shadow side. So, so this is what it's the like. Shadow for me. side of a gift, right? Yeah. The shadow side of a calling. Heading so it. I, I, okay, there's a timeline involved, and right, it tends to follow. It. it tends to follow a pattern. So, first moments of the timeline, the party, the event, whatever it is, is way off in the future, and I get this idea. 
it would be so great to do such and such and invite these people and have this kind of food and this kind of ambiance. And, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And maybe I talk to a few people and I realize, hey, this could happen. And Jonathan and I put it on the calendar and I start making a few lists and I maybe go to Pinterest and I find a, you know, an idea for a new fall appetizer or something. And so it's all fun and games. It's all in my head. It's all loveliness. <laughs> and then I start making some of the decisions, some of the choices. I decide this, not that. Okay, uh, we're going to do barbecue or we're going to do a chili bar. Or, you know, I start figuring things out, start talking to people. A really significant point on the timeline is when I actually send an invitation, right? which I never do without fear and trepidation and worry and if it's written out, checking it a million times. And, you know, if it's an email, like uh, reading it again and again. And because I've committed myself, right? right. <laughs> I've committed myself. And now these people have said, yes, we will come. So now I think now it becomes real. And now right. it becomes a little bit scary. Dread enters. Because there are actual people who I care about and I want to bless. I want to, what I want is not to impress them. What I want um, is to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel loved and seen, to give them a, an experience that is full of um, peace or rest or energy or whatever the, you know, the, right. the idea is behind the gathering. I want to bless them. And I want it so much that I become stressed and anxious about how likely it is that I will fail to do <laughs> <laughs> the very thing I want to do. To the extent that I start to imagine scenarios where maybe the whole thing just has to be canceled. Uh, I will get sick and I will have to tell everyone, never mind. <laughs> the party is off. I can't do it. And, and so I remember this particular gathering that, that you're talking about. And it isn't always this bad, but I think because this one felt like it could be extra special, mm. like it could be extra meaningful. It's a lot of expectations. A lot of expectations. It was one of the first gatherings we'd held in the Black Barn, and um, it was a new season. You know, the heat of summer was passing, and it just felt like it could be really great. So there's something in me that thinks, okay, it won't be. I will, you know, I'll, I'll screw up, and someone will be unhappy or get mm. hurt or have a bad time or, you know, that the very things I hope for, the things I hope to give um, – will not be what they receive. Mm. And I start at night, you know, my brain just swirls and swirls with wor worst case scenarios and the things that could go wrong or the things I'm forgetting. And I, I wonder if, I'm going to interject, mm -hmm. I wonder if it's sometimes because, so for our listeners, we are not talking about the live podcast recording event. Uh, no. <laughs> it's not that way. I just want to clarify because I think people are listening like, oh no, was that us? Did we make no, Christy feel that no. way? And I, so this is just me asking you, I uh -huh. wonder if because the live podcast event had such a big team surrounding yes. you and you weren't alone. Yeah, it was so much I fun. I wonder yeah. if it's sometimes the events you and John are just hosting where it's yes. just the two of you and you shoulder a lot yes. more of the burden. Yes. Whereas the podcast live event was just, I mean, it was the, the event before the event, right? Yes. All the people that arrived and that came into the house like family and were there the whole day before celebrating and setting up and yeah. eating and feasting before we even had people over. 
over. And so mm-hmm. that's a curious question. I think there's something to be said about any time we feel a little bit isolated in our calling. Yes. Oh my goodness. That it and can be harder. That's something I realized as I was writing Placemaker is I was as I reflected on all the years of our placemaking and all the different places, I realized that in so many places, um, our placemaking had been very DIY, very individual, just right. John and, and I doing it together. And that that had seemed like a good thing. And maybe it had been a necessary thing in those places in those seasons. But um, one thing, maybe the most significant thing we've learned here at Maplehurst is the um, blessing and beauty of placemaking and community. Mm. And so moving to this old farmhouse that is beyond us in every way, that had needs we couldn't begin to meet on our own, that showed us just how little we could DIY, you know, yeah. and that we would need helpers. We would need people to to teach us, you know, how to care for an old house, how to fix it, how to make it better. And what a gift those relationships were right. and how placemaking and community is, I think, a better picture, a closer picture of God's own, you know, placemaking in the Trinity. So I think you're right. I think this particular party, it was more on me and John and, um, and I was feeling that pressure and, I think, too, in those moments, the things that we love still involve work. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I, then I get kind of bogged down in the work, and I think, why do I do this to myself? No one made me invite these people. <laughs> and I think when you say the things that we love, I think it's even more than that. I think it's the things we are gifted in. Like yes. The gifts God has given yeah. us. Because I think you can apply this beyond just placemaking. Mm-hmm. Anything that anyone mm-hmm. listening feels gifted in, whether it's teaching or hosting mm-hmm. or starting a business or art or raising kids like whatever the 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 unique thing god has wired you to do yeah seems to have this polar opposite the shadow the shadow yeah constantly vying yeah. against it yeah yeah and i think i'm i'm often aware of it when i talk maybe here on the podcast or on social media on instagram i might say something about you know my love for gatherings or hospitality or i you know talk about that as a value that means a lot to me um, there's often a voice in my head that says, oh, I, I bet people are hearing that and thinking, oh, but it's easy for her. Or, mm. oh, you know, oh, she loves it and I don't. And there is some truth in that. It is my love. It It is something I feel equip- mostly equipped to do mm-hmm. and uniquely made to do. And it brings me joy. And I have this desire. I feel like a desire for placemaking and hostessing yes, and yes. gathering is in me, right? right? It's like a seed planted in me by my maker. And the irony for me or the the interesting kind of hard spiritual truth is that just because I'm made to do this doesn't mean it will be easy or that I will always love it or that maybe actually being called to do something means that you're called to be shaped by that thing. And I feel like I am shaped by it in ways that is super uncomfortable. (laughs) Which, man, just pulls up all those biblical analogies of like, you know, we're the clay, he's the potter. I've never thought about it that way, that our gifts as he shapes them into us will actually require like pieces of ourselves to be squished and pulled and stretched and tugged. The thing I think, well, there's probably, there must be so many ways that I'm I'm shaped by what I think of as my... obedience to hospitality or my offering of it or, you know, my my doing of the thing I'm called to do, my placemaking. Um, a big thing that that just gets knocked out of me is my um is any need for control. It it mm. feels it can feel like a free fall to me because um, before a gathering, I recognize how very little about the gathering I can control. Wow. I don't know if some important person might cancel at the last minute. I don't know if 
the food will get burned. I don't, you know, there, there's just things that we or like cannot at a gathering control. you had recently where you discovered uh-huh. like several trays of food yes. that had been left uh-huh. in the oven and weren't served when uh-huh. we were running low, right? I was so disappointed about the food left in the oven. And, you know, mistakes get made and right. they are inevitable. It might rain, you know? Right. And it has. <laughs> and it has. <laughs> oh, there's just so much that can go wrong. And I feel like God is saying to me again and again, but will you go on trusting me? Will you go on saying yes, even though, yeah, your worst fears for that event might come true? (laughs) Right. And yet they never do. I always feel um, the presence of God. I always, in the gathering and after, can reflect on all the ways that I was not left alone or Mm. I was not left you know, just alone with the things I had feared, that there was, if there was mess, there was also beauty, you know? Um, And so that's been a particular, I think, shaping that I have experienced. But yeah, I think like you said, this is not just about me and hospitality. This is about um, whatever it is that we feel we've been made to do. Right. And we love. And we can, we can start to question that if, if we think, but it's so hard, why would it be so, it should be easier for me, or it sh- I should be better at it, or, you know, all the, the kind of self-doubting questions that can come up. Quick break, Lisa Joe. We'd love to shine a spotlight on Friends of the Show, and this week it's our privilege to tell you about a new book called Women of Courage, a 40-day devotional. Lisa Joe, I feel like Bible reading is one of those ordinary practices that forms our lives in extraordinary ways. And the best devotionals, I think, help us encounter Scripture in the context of story and relationship. And this new devotional does exactly that. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? I mean, we just love what our friends at Encourage put out. I was their community manager for seven years, and I just believe in my bones the way they see faith as part of our ordinary daily life. And this devotional is a beautiful illustration of that, because these are not the Sunday school lessons of your childhood. No catchy phrases or flannel graph dolls here. (laughs) When they were looking into the women that they wanted to feature, these 40 women, they opted out of surface-level stories and simple platitudes, and instead they really dug into the deep, nitty-gritty of these women's lives. So we've got women that are well-known, like Ruth or Elizabeth, Mary and Martha— but then lesser-known women whose names I'm not even exactly sure how to pronounce, Shifra, Pua, Lois, and Eunice, this devotional will walk with you through the hardest days and leave you with the courage you need to lead, to love, to trust, and to turn to God in every situation. All right, for the next month, this devotional is available for a buy one, get one promotion. That means you buy one, you get one free. You can find that deal, plus a free pack of Encourage greeting cards on dayspring.com. You can also take advantage of the buy one, get one on lifeway.com. So listen, you guys, this is such a beautiful thing with Christmas ahead of us and Thanksgiving. This is the season to look for new ways to speak life and strength into the women you know. Go to dayspring.com or lifeway.com to take advantage of the deal. Now, back to our conversation. You really surprised me because recently we were having this conversation and I was sharing how on the Enneagram, I'm a two who are wired by relationship. Relationship matters so much to us. And so a lot of the stories we share on the podcast, when I'm getting ready to share a story, they're often rooted in people. Whereas That's true. yours uh-huh. will be, tend to be rooted in place, yeah. which I hadn't realized. And you pointed <laughs> that out to us. But I was sharing too about one of the things 
as we go into the second season of the podcast, and it's a bit of what we talked about in the previous episode, episode 48, How to Watch TV, we talked about truth Mm -hmm. and how we love TV and movies and books that really bring truth to the forefront. And so sometimes truth can be very nitty gritty, very difficult, very dark, very hard, very sad, but also sometimes very wonderful. And as we were talking about that, I was sharing with you personally later how when I write either on social media or in books, one of the things I struggle with is as I'm trying to write truth, I feel deeply aware of the people reading or the Mm. people listening and not wanting to offend anyone, not wanting to hurt feelings, not wanting to upset Mm. somebody. And I don't think because of a people pleaser in me, but instead like a deep love and appreciation for for individuals. Yes. And so I'm so wired to champion people, to encourage people, to cheerlead for people that I'm afraid sometimes to say anything that feels like could be taken the wrong way when I'm trying to cheerlead them. Mm. And you said to me, as we were walking into the house, I think that's the shadow to your gift. Mm. You're gifted as a cheerleader Mm -hmm. and an encourager. Mm -hmm. And so the shadow is, in doing that, you often then run into people receiving that the wrong way or Mm -hmm. being offended or struggling. And so it Mm -hmm. tends to cause you sometimes to pull back and not to share truth as boldly as you might want. I think I I stand by it. I think it's true. In the same way that my fears before a gathering cause me to want to call the whole thing off. I want to say, never mind, I will not do this. I could see how your fear about hurting someone unintentionally might close your mouth or hold back and you don't reach out to people the mm. way that you're made to do and the way that you do well. Right. But yeah, that risk is there. It might rain on my party and someone might take your cheerleading the wrong way right. and be hurt. It might right. happen. Right. I mean, before <laughs> I push post on Instagram, like I can be just all these scenarios are running mm. through. Who would receive it this way? Who would think of it that way? Who would, it was, I don't, I just assumed that was normal. <laughs> Everybody thinks that way before they post. But and then I you shared it with me and I said, uh, really? You're oh. like, really? <laughs> oh, no, I don't do that at all. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I know. And so I realized like I want to both lean into encouraging others as well as not being afraid mm. to say what I believe will be helpful and not hold back in ways because I'm, essentially borrowing trouble, right? I'm yeah. imagining what someone might possibly think of what I said, yeah. which is why I feel like last week's episode was very brave for me and you. It <laughs> was, yeah. We shared about all kinds of TV shows or movies that mm-hmm. might not be everybody's cup of yeah. tea, but that we think illustrate truths that we're trying to get to the heart of. Yeah. Because ordinary life, if we believe, was spoken into existence by God, was called out of his imagination and his creative design. There's nothing ordinary about it. It is Mm. the DNA of the God who is truth. And so, we are constantly trying to figure out how do we get back to it. And so, when we say we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life, Mm -hmm. I really think it's a way for us to say they grow out of the heart of God. They grow out of His truth. Ooh, yeah, I like that. They grow out. I mean, he's the gardener, right? He's the one who's creating. He's the storyteller. He's, he's the, the placemaker. He's the cheerleader. He's all he, of those you know, things. He, he loves yes. us. Yeah, and so we're trying us. to lean into that mm-hmm. and invite our listeners to do the same, to look around at your life and say, okay, this might seem ordinary to me, but not everybody has this gift. Yeah. I don't have the gift of placemaking the way that you do. Yeah. And I think the you know point of 
commonality for us, no matter our callings, no matter our gifts or our unique loves, is the fact that operating in these things, doing these things, it's like exercising a muscle. So I have found over the years, and we've been here at Maplehurst seven years and hosted many different kinds of groups and gatherings, I have found that it's almost as if my trust muscle (laughs) Mm. is stronger. And I think maybe, you know, that my reaction to this recent party surprised me too, because I hadn't struggled that way in a long while. And so, you know, that's, that's just human life, right? We're going to kind of fall back and we're going to struggle. And, you know, some things that sometimes things are just get hard again, you know, for whatever reason, but I have felt more or less over the years that when the fears and anxieties come up, I have so much experience to stand on, mm-hmm. so many examples, so many stories of of placemaking efforts or entertaining or welcoming or hospitality that almost went quite badly <laughs> and then didn't. I mean, I think, too, of the Easter egg hunt we hosted for our neighbors I know, last year. I actually pulled that oh, up. Lisa guys, you guys have to go back to episode oh. 29. <laughs> It's called Our Easy Recipe for Hospitality. Isn't yes. it funny that, that that's the flip side of what we're talking about? Although but, I wonder, I don't remember. Tell me if you remember in that episode, did I share, did we record that before? Yes, I kind of, we did. Okay, so here's. And so this, but let me just say, so if you're looking to go and catch up, if you're, you know, haven't listened to season one, it's such a great story because it's about how Christy and John host an Easter egg hunt of 2,000 eggs <laughs> for their entire neighborhood, and they make it seem easy. And it is, Except until it's not. last year. <laughs> this you is know, why it's a good addendum to yeah, that Yeah, last year, I stood in the pouring rain <laughs> that morning. Like, I'm talking, you guys, pouring, monsoon drenching. level rain. Not just a light shower. Soaked. Not a drizzle. Just soaked. Hiding Easter eggs in my muddy yard. It was so torrential and the mud was so crazy that I could see. It was almost like rivers were pouring down every tree as I tried to put eggs around the bottom of the trees. So much so that one, a couple times, I set an egg in a little crevice of a root where I love to hide them. And the water, it like floated away like on a little river. (laughs) Are you listening to yourself? Like if that isn't an act of faith. I don't know what is. But you know, at one point... Who goes out in the pouring rain, hiding eggs, believing there will be a hunt? Like, right there is the most beautiful metaphor for faith. I think that's the thing. I didn't. I stood for a long time under my umbrella. No, I took shelter in our little shed. And I I said, I have to stop. Like, this is ridiculous. I can't. I got to, you know, surely it will slow down. So I stopped in the shed. And no, Lisa Joe, I thought all kinds of grumbly things. (laughs) I, I questioned all of it. I thought... What kind of fool am I? Look at this. This clearly is not happening. Like, what am I doing? But you know what? I got a text. Um, it was about, the, yeah, I think because I was in that shed at that time, I could pull out my phone and I was trying to check the weather. I was trying to check again. Is it going to stop? And I saw a text from a friend and I really believe she was guided to send it because she texted me that morning and she said, Christy, I just keep hearing the words, all shall be well, which wow. we know from Julian of St. Julian of Norwich, all shall be well, all shall be well. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. Mm. And the thing is, I think, gosh, the kind of bravery of her to say that, right? Because on, on the one mm. hand, like maybe it wasn't going to stop raining, but she was confident that whatever the morning held, it it, it was going to be okay. And to set the context, I mean, this isn't just like, oh, it's raining, so my kids can't go outside. Like this is a hunt where they've ordered and stuffed 2,000 eggs. Right? <laughs> an entire neighborhood 
is, is coming. supposed to be coming yeah, yeah. with their children. There is no barn at this point. Nope. So there's no indoor shelter for anybody. Nope. There's only the house that wouldn't fit everybody and mm-hmm. that you couldn't do a hunt with. Mm-hmm. And there's the expectation. We always come. The whole neighborhood comes to Maplehurst. And I remember us driving to you guys. We hadn't spent the night that year. We were driving through the rain and I was thinking, please, Lord, please, like, <laughs> Please. Please. And as we were driving, we'd be like, oh, it's less now. Oh, here it is again. Oh, it's less now. Yeah. Like wondering, wondering what would happen. And what happened? 10, yeah. 10 a.m. 10 on, the dot, on the dot. The rain, the rain stopped. stopped. And the first people started trickling into the yard almost immediately. It was unreal. When we pulled into your driveway, it had stopped raining. There were huge puddles yeah, everywhere. But everywhere. the sun had came out. The sun came out. And I got out the car and you were in the drive. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Stopped raining. I mean, we couldn't believe it. And I think it. I hugged you, and my skirt yes, was like you were soaking, soaking wet. wet. <laughs> yes, soaking wet. Oh, Lisa Joe. So that's the thing. If you live a few stories like that, mm. then the next time around, when it starts to rain on your party, you do believe, I think, with new faith muscles that all will be well. Mm. It doesn't mean you know exactly what it'll look like. It doesn't mean that you won't leave the pans of food that were meant for the buffet table <laughs> in the oven, as I did recently. Right. But you do know that deep down where it matters, um, all will be well because you are doing what you were made to do right. and you're doing it despite the risk right. and um, you're doing it with joy and gratitude and you're taking your fears to God in prayer right. and um, you're just doing it. You're doing it, you're stepping out and finding, as I have always found, always a hundred percent, that he's already there right. when you get there. He's already there. Yeah, he's I mean, for there. every comment or direct message or email <laughs> that I have received that has misunderstood me, mm. misunderstood my heart, taken offense, tried to correct me. For every one of those, there's a hundred others of people who have written back, who have received something Mm. that I couldn't even have anticipated they would. Wow. Who have received some insight that God was able to communicate to them simply because I showed up and was willing to do the writing. They heard from him, not from me. He, he loved them through something I wrote in my inadequacy that somehow offended somebody else. (laughs) But the reason we keep showing up is for those other people, right? For all of the ones who came like it was a banquet or a buffet, who sat Mm -hmm. down, who were fed, who were delighted, who Mm -hmm. left full. I'm preaching to myself now as I (laughs) think about, you know, continuing on this writing journey because... All those messages that slip in, they can hurt, man. The ones that misunderstood or tell you you should have done it different or better, especially from people who aren't writing books themselves. You know, you want to tell them, do you have a job where someone shows up in your office? (laughs) And criticizes (laughs) criticizes you. you. Um, Mm. But it's worth it because for all of those people who somehow I managed to miss the mark for them. There are hundreds of others who God is so kind to me and to that person because he lays He lays a table for them in the presence of their enemies. I mean, that's what the voices in our head are sometimes, our enemies. And God generously lays a table and he feeds us and nourishes mm. us. And if the words I offer can be part of that meal, yeah, it, it helps with the courage. Oh, I love that. So, oh my gosh, yes, yes. I love Psalm 23 and that image of, you know, a table in the presence of my enemies. I've never thought of, the, of it that way. Your enemies are these these voices, these mm-hmm. people who, you know, have received hurt where you intended life-giving words, you know. 
my enemies are things like rain and burned food and, <laughs> you know, the, my fear and right. my stress and my anxiety. You know, those are enemies too. And for both of us, sometimes the enemies are just the voices in our own heads. Yeah. Like the voices that say, you're going to fail. Nobody will come. This yeah. is dumb. Your you're hospitality doesn't match up to everybody else's yes. that you see online. Yes. Like your writing isn't good enough. Yeah, you don't have what enough do you to have give. To say? You don't have experience. I mean, all oh, those voices yeah. are so loud and... Yes, I will always think of them now as the enemies, and yet God lays a table in right their here. presence no yeah. matter. Yeah. And which is so comforting to know we don't have to have actually overcome. No. We don't have to have no enemies. We don't right. have to have no voices in our head. We and don't they don't have, have to, have to no be fear. 10 miles off. No. no, they're right there. They could be right there. <laughs> and God will still lay yeah. a feast and a meal in the presence of our enemies. And we can enjoy it. We yeah. can dig in and eat like a really great like party. A good meal. <laughs> Yes, I will never think of Psalm 23 quite the same again. No, I learned something with every conversation we do, like some little treasure I want to hold on to. And I hope for you listening, like whatever that is, whatever the enemies in your head or your real life are, that you'll walk away from this knowing that there's a God who doesn't have to wait for everything to be tied up in a neat bow. He's just coming on and laying out the feast anyway and saying, Mm. sit down and eat. I will hold them at bay long enough for you to be nourished and for you to nourish the people I've put in your life. That's what we do. We keep showing up. So even though you said to me that night, (laughs) I hate, I was dreading this. I hate doing this. (laughs) The truth of it is, those are just the voices of your enemy. And you did it, Christy. You laid a banquet out for all of us. And we were nourished because Mm. of the good work that you did. Because God, right? Because he has taught you. You lay the table anyway. You invite the people anyway. Mm. You write the words anyway. Anyway. You show up anyway. I I promise, Lisa Joe, to you as my friend, (laughs) hold me accountable. I'll keep doing it. I'll Mm. keep doing it. It will be hard again. I'll listen to those voices again, no doubt. Some parties will get rained out. (laughs) But I'll keep going. I'll keep doing it. And will you keep speaking and encouraging, writing, sharing your um, just... I mean, is there? What are some synonyms for encouragement? I want like six of them right now because that's that's <laughs> what you do so well and so beautifully. No, how do we pour ourselves out for other people? You know, and it's yeah. hard when you sometimes feel empty, empty. and the people then yeah. criticize yeah. what you did pour out. <laughs> but we just keep uh, doing it because we believe in a God who lays a banquet, yeah. and He always has more. Always the. The pantry is never empty with him, right? He hasn't forgot things in the oven. He's like, here's the whole spread. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Sit down and eat. It is good. It's so good. Did you enjoy these stories? Why don't you join the conversation? Take a moment and leave us a review. It's easy. Just scroll down in whatever app you're listening on, click on review, and tell us who you are, what you loved about us, and let us get to know you a little bit too. Today's featured review is from Terry Lynn. Listening to Lisa, Joe, and Christy share their stories isn't like eavesdropping. It's more like listening to old friends who love to make new friends, invite you into their history and stories, which means you've become one of their besties, too. And from KMV02A, my best friend and I listen regularly and feel like they're our soul sisters and mentors. They are a few years ahead of us on their motherhood journeys and have so much wisdom and encouragement to offer. I'm inspired and uplifted every time I listen. Christy's calming presence and Lisa Joe's exuberance are a dynamic combination that just works. <laughs>